technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Can evil be disguised as something for the common good? When does freedom of speech become hate speech? And when did we go from flu season to stroke season? We'll talk about those things and much more as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, January 27th, 2023. We're not just broadcasters, but we're also podcasters. So you can get Signs of the Times as a podcast through all the popular sources. We list those sources at thewaymedia.net, or you can listen right from the source. When you download the Way Media app and watch the episodes, ask prophecy questions, and read the articles that we discuss. And now, here to give us the pastoral advice that the world needs to hear, but isn't here to hear it, is Pastor Mark who by all accounts is an optimistic pessimist. He is absolutely positive that everything will go wrong. (laughs) Well, that's... Well, no. I've actually, I, I actually heard that this is a little, there's some truth into that. Yeah, but I mean, but at the same time, not, <laughs> not ultimately. I mean, everything ultimately is going to be great because Jesus is going to be ruling on the throne. So I want to make sure there's no confusion out there. No, the girls joke because I say, yes. yeah, but I always make a comment like, everything is hard. I tell them that everything is hard. I always tell them everything's hard. And that's the point. Just go for it. Do it anyway. It's going to be hard. You know, life's hard, but yes. do it. Yes, it is. Yeah, but so do that, it anyway. That does kind of fit me. However, in the long term, it's all going to be great. Yes. Because Jesus is going to rule and reign, so that's what we look towards. So, yes. Yeah. I think John Wayne John Wayne said about courage, uh, he said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. There you go. So. There you go. We're just going to saddle up anyway. That's right. Saddle up and go for it. That's, that's what we right. do, man. Yes, we I are. I love it. Yes, we are. All right. Let's get into some articles. Where did I put those articles? Here we go. They may call you doctor. Bob, tell it like it is. Right. We've all got to serve somebody. Breitbart.com is reporting the pure evil of Tony Blair because he's calling for digital vaccine tracking. And I guess this came out at the Davos Smackdown 2023 here that just happened last week. Well, and we knew this was coming, Greg. Yes. Uh, Former British Prime Minister Tony Blair said the global digital infrastructures are needed to monitor who's vaccinated as he predicted a slew of new vaccines to be introduced to the world in the next few years. That's a scary statement right there. According to the annual World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland, Iraq, the Iraq War architect and former Labor Party Prime Minister Tony Blair said that even though the Chinese coronavirus has subsided in the public mind, governments must continue to develop digital tracking systems, notice this, for vaccines, including for unspecified jabs for the world's most dangerous diseases. Now, this is something new. We're just, you know, it's one thing to track people, but we're going to track them based off of a shot or shots with an S. He said you need data. You need to know who has been vaccinated and who hasn't. 
Some of the vaccines that come online will be multiple shots. So you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure, and most countries don't have that, the former prime minister said. This is, now, this is interesting. Look, do I believe that Tony Blair knows he is helping promote the mark of the beast? I do not think so. And is this specifically the mark of the beast? No, because it's simply a digital tracking. I would say they're saying probably now some device or something you put on your phone or whatever the case might be. But we know where it's leading, Greg, and this is why the article headline um, from the writers there of Breitbart wrote Pure Evil. It's, it's evil in a number of ways. Number one, you're tracking, even as an unbeliever, you're tracking people everywhere they go. That's evil. You're not giving anyone rights or privacy. But when we look at it from a biblical standpoint, it's pure evil in the sense that we know that the Bible tells us very clearly this world leader, the Antichrist, will make everyone, um, a, will give everyone a digital number. Again, his mark will be 666, but there's going to be a digital number and code for everybody so that he can track everyone and control everyone worldwide. He will literally control all people worldwide that take that mark. So it's evil because that's where we're heading, and we recognize where it's heading. Whether Tony Blair knows that, I don't know. I don't know how much these guys know and don't know. I don't know how much he even knows of the Bible or whether he would even believe it. But it's amazing for us to sit back and watch it falling into place. And you just go, we're watching it. It's happening. There's no denying it. And exactly what the Bible said is going to happen is happening. Yeah. You know, you think about people that, the I guess, the image of somebody wearing a tinfoil hat. Yes. You know, and I guess that means like a conspiracy theorist or something like that. That's right. You know, that tinfoil hat might come in handy, you know, because maybe if you can cover the mark, yeah. With the tin foil, maybe that would block the signal. <laughs> you know, the tech maybe stuff. So. I mean, maybe your hat's going to come in handy. Maybe so. And let me just make another comment about that. <laughs> We've said this about conspiracy theory, that terminology, Greg. Yes. I always keep saying it to our listeners from time to that time. That came from the government. Yeah, don't let people back you down. Don't let them back you down by what you clearly see with your eyes, clearly hear with your ears, and clearly see with the statistics and facts in science. Don't let them back you down by saying... Excuse me, I'm gonna. I gotta clear my throat. Sorry, I'm gonna do it on the air. But don't let them back you down by saying, "Oh, that's a conspiracy theory." Look, if you can see it, if you can hear it, if you can show it scientifically provable, it is not a conspiracy theory. It is a fact of a conspiracy. And so, don't let people back you down. There are conspiracy theories out there. I'm not negating that. And there and are we, conspiracy facts. And yes, and we need to be careful. You don't want to be carried away with conspiracy theories. I get that. But I'm telling you, Greg, I believe. That the majority of what they're calling conspiracy theories are not conspiracy theories. They're conspiracy fact. And, and the few that are conspiracy theories, they're using those to elevate. You elevate Bigfoot and, and flying saucers, which anymore, they're pretty much promoting flying saucers. That's not so much considered anymore. <laughs> right. But they're using those to try to back, I would call the thinking person down. Don't look at the facts. Don't look at the, don't, don't use your eyes. Don't use your ears. Don't think. Just, oh, they're, they're crazy. No, no, you're not crazy. What you're seeing is happening. What you're hearing is true. Do your homework. Look at the facts on paper. Make sure you can back it up. But once you do your homework and you see the facts, this is not some conspiracy theory of whatever subject you're talking about. This is something that's going on, and that that terminology is used to keep them from being exposed. And we need to wake up. Yeah. I think that illustrates why it's so important that we understand what the Bible says about prophecy or about what is going to happen in the latter days of civilization as we know it because there are all sorts of conspiracy theories out there yeah who shot jfk bigfoot the loch ness monster uh 
the list goes on. Yeah. But the important things for us to be watching for and verifying and validating against the word of God are those things that the word of God tells us are going to be happening. Otherwise, the rest of the stuff might be for fun, might be for, but to spend your time on it is wasting your time on it because these are the important things that you've got to be paying attention to. Yeah. And and let's talk about that thing. Let me expound on that, Greg, because here's the bottom line. If it's, and we've said this before as well, if it's in the Bible, it's not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy fact. The Bible tells us in Psalm 2 that in the last days, the government leaders of the world are going to form a conspiracy. And that's what the word means in the original Hebrew. They're going to form a conspiracy to deceive the world. Now, it doesn't tell us what that particular conspiracy is in that moment. It just says that the leaders of the world will be forming conspiracies. It says the Antichrist will be using sinister schemes, right? And so if you go to the Bible and you find it in the Bible... It is not a conspiracy theory. For example, we look at this the article here about the digital uh, uh, marking or whatever. Okay, is the world going to end up being taking a mark that will have a digital system? Absolutely. That's not a theory. That's the Bible. That's not only Psalm 2. That's Revelation. It is in the Bible. This is not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy fact because they will conspire to do this. So anything you find that the Bible talks about, whether it be the mark of the beast or whether it be, um, you go down the list of things, you know, that, that the Bible talks about. I want our listeners to be sure. Take heart and be bold. Don't be afraid to recognize what the Bible says will happen, to call it out for what it is. And when somebody tries to back you down by going, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, these are conspiracy facts based on Revelation chapter 13. Mm-hmm. This is a conspiracy fact based on uh, Psalm chapter 2. So the word conspiracy, even a lot of people kind of shy away from. All conspiracy means is people are conspiring together to do something together. I mean, right now, you and I had a conspiracy today for the radio show we conspired together do and we're doing it we did this is our radio show conspiracy we conspired together and we're having a show but it's a fact so here's a conspiracy fact you and i are doing a show today now if we were saying we're doing a show but it's fake well people can say well it's it's not fake we're listening to it see that's where the whole theory and all that comes in but don't be afraid of these terms don't be pushed back by them stand firm on the word of god and move forward there's a lot of things we need to be revealing in the last days that will be conspiracies and we need to be bold about it And also, too, it, it's good to point out to our listeners that, you know, we're learning along the way is all of you are learning along the way. And I'll give you an example. In Matthew 24, Jesus talks about certain things that are going to happen in the latter days. And he, he gives us the inference and the language confirms this, that the things that are going to be happening that Jesus talks about, earthquakes and pe- plagues and pestilence and things like that, is like a mother going through birth pangs. So what that tells us and the language tells us is that those things will happen more frequently and with more intensity, right. more than they ever have since the beginning of the world. That's right. That's right. And now, now we know that, but at the same time, as we've read the things that are in Matthew 24, and Pastor Mark and I were talking about this the other day, when we read those things, we've always thought in the back of our mind that the plagues and the pestilence and whatever would be naturally occurring. Never did we imagine that man would create conditions that would create plagues and pestilence, such as famines in various places, because the government is telling these these farmers in these countries uh, to to stop farming or or close down your land or restrict fertilizer or things like that. We never imagined that that's 
what would be happening. And Jesus never gave us any indication that it would be man-made or natural. We just assumed it yeah. would be natural. But so we just keep watching the news, and sure enough, the news confirms things that God says. It just gonna it happens differently sometimes than how we thought, but it still happens. Yeah. And so that's important to keep in mind Absolutely. as we work through all of these prophecies that the Bible talks about, and we cover them in the news. Yeah, that's a great great uh, example, Greg, and I'll give a couple more. Uh, one is, you know, people say to me sometimes, I'll say, look, the, there are more earthquakes happening. The Bible said in yeah. the last days you see an increase of earthquakes, and you hear things like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. No, I've done my homework. Why don't you do yours? Go Statistics. Look up, go look up the world statistics. We have quadrupled and kazippled, I'll make a word up, <laughs> of how many earthquakes. It is unbelievable re- in recent history yeah. how earthquakes are being magnified and increasing, and they'll try to say, well, it's because we have better seismology and computer. No, I'm talking about before seismology. I'm talking about the giant ones that nobody misses. You don't need a seismograph to hit 8.0 and up. They have they have just jumped off the chart compared to what through world history what they've been. So that's not a conspiracy theory. That is a fact. Do your homework. The Bible talks about it. Another one is the Bible tells us in the last days the world will be again uh, corrupted and 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 uh, uh, abused by pharmaceuticals. It says that in, Reve- in, in Revelation, where we're watching pharmaceuticals now being used to, I think, damage the world in great ways. That's not a conspiracy theory. That is a conspiracy biblical fact. So understand, guys, you've got to be able to separate fact from theory. Separate crazy from reality. I get it. You know, Bigfoot, et cetera, crazy from reality. Um, and, but don't be afraid and don't be backed down. I, I just, again, more than ever, we need to be on our toes. And I think one of the greatest um, um, ways the enemy makes us back up is to try to make us look dumb or foolish or like we don't know what we're talking about. I go back to that old famous story of the emperor's new clothes where he's supposed to be having this garment on that's so wonderful, only the richest and most intelligent can see it. And this guy has <laughs> deceived him and he's naked. Yeah. And everybody's going, ooh, what great garments because they don't want to look stupid. They don't want to be like they're the only ones that can't see it because they want to be smart. They want to be intelligent. They want to know the science, okay? And this little kid goes, uh, excuse me, he's naked. And everybody goes, oh! Because he just told the truth, straight up. He's yeah. naked. Don't be afraid to expose the emperor is naked and speak the truth. Yeah. Uh, it's, anyway, it's interesting, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. So we will continue to look at those things as we continue to discover Absolutely. the signs of the times. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get into some growing anti-Semitism uh, that uh, is also known as Jew hate around the world. The Bible is very clear that all the nations will turn against the nation of Israel. And this is from Israel National News, and this is another way of using technology to do so. A new app is being slammed for letting users talk with Hitler yeah. and other Nazi figures. So is this kind of like a technical seance or something? Is it this really what this is, is trying weird. to be? I, well, I know they're trying to probably be hip and cool. Like okay. you actually talk to all these people from the past. And, well, dude, I'm talking to Hitler. Who are you talking to? Yeah. But what they don't realize, I, don't, I doubt they realize they're doing it, Greg, is that this right here is it's 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 going to create a situation where, oh, Hitler's not so bad. I talked to him just today in my game. And, you know, I, I see his viewpoint now. And, and you, know, uh, you know, this kind of thing. Let me read some of it. Sure. An artificial intelligence app that lets you chat with historical figures has sparked outrage for allowing you to talk with Adolf Hitler and other Nazi figures like Himmler, etc. Heinrich Himmler. The historical figures app, which became available in the first week of January, makes use of the artificial intelligence algorithm that allows users to text chats with many historical figures, including Babe Ruth. Why you'd want to talk to a candy bar, I don't know. <laughs> However, it also includes the ability to converse with genocidal dictators such as, again, Heinrich Himmler. 
So so here's the problem with it. Well, what's the big deal? What's the problem? Look, people are free. You don't want to take away people's freedom if they're going to be weird. But when you start creating these kind of things and apps that, that people get a hold of, the problem you don't realize with these kind of things, Greg, is it normalizes evil. And and you see Adolf is not so bad. Heimlich Cameron, not so bad. That was their viewpoint. Yeah, they messed up. They killed a few Jews. Uh, but they're not so bad. I can easily see it becoming that, not realizing you're giving um, evil a platform. You're giving a, a, a face to evil. And while everyone does have freedom, I get that. I think that when you do this on mass scale like this, I think it should be limited to who can get it. It, can, it should be rated, probably, you know, 18 and up or whatever, and, and not allow just kids to get a hold of this because it'll change the whole viewpoint over time of, of these evil people. They won't seem so bad. And that's just the corruption of a society. Well, and that's the hallmark of Satan. Yes, it is. Getting evil to look good. That's right. That's I mean, right. that's... And even normalize it. And normalize you know, it. You know, even if it doesn't look bad, just normalize it. Uh, it you know, is bad enough, so... Yeah. Lest we forget that he he is Lucifer, the angel of light, uh, formerly known as. Yeah. And so he, he knows better than anyone how to make bad things look good. Um, yeah. And so do marketing people as well, so... Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, it's time for some bad problems, bad ideas, bad solutions, bad intentions, bad actors, and bad to the bone. Pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. This is from The Blaze. A doctor tells Canadian state media that after flu season comes, guess what? Stroke season. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, unbelievable. Are we just Greg? making this stuff up as we well, go along? Here's, you know, here's what's happening. I think they're when's grabbing... myocarditis, carditis, carditis. Yeah, myocarditis season. I, I think Greg, that, that there there may have been some kind of science that's connected strokes to some people that had flu, and so they grabbed onto it because anything you can make, they're trying to come up. What's happening is in Canada, they're having a, a mass amount of heart attacks and strokes and and excess deaths that they're trying to explain, and they're having trouble explaining it other than some of the the protocols they've been doing with all the new. We talk about pharmaceuticals that are going on and so this is they literally i watched this video let me read this to you with this calgary-based family physician an urgent care doctor appeared on canadian state media earlier this week to explain the alleged link between influenza infection and stroke when explaining the linkage dr uh, uh dr raj of the university of calgary noted his recent surprise he himself i saw it. He, he was like oh i didn't realize there was a stroke season but because you're not seeing it happen that's why you didn't realize it but he said, now I know there is one. It can make, I quote, it can make the inside of the pipes stickier. It can make your blood a little thicker. That is the flu, especially if you get dehydrated and can put, uh, put your heart into a weird rhythm called atrial fibrillation. And all these, all those things can increase your risk of having a stroke. Now look, flu can do things. People do uh, in small numbers die from the flu. We have a percentage every year of people that die from the flu. So flu can, if you have a weakened body, Absolutely. take you out. Absolutely. But for them to suddenly come up and say, all of a sudden, that now we have stroke season. So if people start having strokes, relax, it's very normal. Greg, you can see th- this That's is the enemy. This, this is deception at a very high level. Yes. And again, right now we see our children dying. We're seeing children drop over dead and, and, and have a heart attack. We had one up here just, uh, I think that she, I think she lived a heart attack she up did. here at Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg Pittman, Pittman last week. The high school and basketball. I don't know player. the reason for that. Yeah. I'm not going to speculate, but let me say this. They're trying to treat this like, Hey, kids have always had heart attacks. I know when I grew up, I had three or four kids in my class drop over dead of a heart attack. I mean, give me a break. I never saw a child have a heart attack. I never heard. I, Greg, I knew of one person my entire life who had myocarditis. He was somebody that came to the study when we first started about 23 years ago. We were back at the house or whatever. Yeah. And he had my, I remember talking to him. I was like, wow, I never heard of that. What is he? It's, it's, it's a enlarging of the heart and all. 
And then now it's like so common. They're treating it like, oh, everybody's always had it. And oh, the strokes, everybody's always had them. Oh, the heart attacks. It's normal for our kids and our teenagers to be dropping over debt. No, it's not. No, it's not. Now, look, I don't know all the reasons. I can say this. This is not normal. And we need to do our homework and find out all the reasons why this is happening. We know part of, we know the main reason, but we need to know all the reasons why this is happening. And it needs to be looked into. But now you, it's amazing. You know, Greg, the other day were so, they were talking about kids having heart attacks. Um, Tracy and I were reading this article, and they listed, this is out of the UK, they listed the things now they're linking to children having heart attacks. Video games, uh, being disrespectful or to your parents or whatever type of thing. Seriously? Yes, yes. They listed this whole list of things. It was something like sarcasm or disrespect. Oh Here's the point. If, if sarcasm and disrespect, well, we'd all, be both all, dead. Well, all the kids would have dropped dead. Yes. We wouldn't have any kids around if that was the case. But here's what I'm saying. Look, here's the bottom line. We've, we've had video games for many, many years, and kids have not been having heart attacks. We've had sarcasm and disrespect for many, many years, and kids have not been falling over heart attacks. We've had basketball, soccer, football, all these events for many, many years, and kids have not been falling over heart attacks. This is not normal. This is not normal. And for us, this is where, again, don't be blinded by the enemy to try to make you think you're not seeing what you're seeing. The emperor is naked. Don't be afraid to say it. It is not a theory. You're watching it happen. Open your eyes, open your ears, get your facts, do your homework, and be vocal. We need to move on this. Yeah. It's, it's destroying our, our communities. And I, I just, again, I think we're going to see more and more of this, Greg. And it's very disheartening. It's making me sad. You know, I, again, I just, um, just, just, I just checked the news just now because I, I watch the news while we're talking. I keep over the, another coach just died. Another guy just had a stroke in the, in the NFL. That's just today's news. Okay, and, and so why is all this happening one after another? I'm and I just, sent you the news story about that football player. Yes, yeah, a different one. Different That's one. That's a different one I'm talking about. That's three. I mean, this died. Look, here's yeah. here's the bottom line. This is not normal. Don't let people convince you. Oh, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Uh, we have stroke season. We've always had it. We're going to have probably heart attack season. We're going to have whatever season. No, something's going on. And, and it's, it's, again, I believe it's last day stuff. It's spiritual. Uh, but it, we also have to be aware and on our toes. I don't, again, yeah. uh, here we go again, rant and rave. Uh, we have to be careful on that. But I just, um, I just, you know, don't be afraid of what you see. Don't, t- today's theme to me seems to be don't deny. What your eyes see and what your ears hear and do your own homework. There are numbers and statistics and facts out there. And, and Greg, even today, you've heard him say this. Well, we have different facts than you have. I'm like, what? How can you have different have facts? Different facts. Facts are facts. You can't have your facts and I have my facts. What are the facts? All they're doing is manipulating numbers. Um, anyway, the whole thing just drives yeah. me crazy, but don't let people it's, pull the wool over your eyes. Um, you know, sheep, pull that wool back up. That's it. As the old saying goes, figures never lie, but liars always figure. That's right. That's right. All right. To the Jerusalem Post, 90 seconds to midnight. That's right. The world is closer to doomsday than ever before. That's a song Greg and I are working on. Yes. We hadn't got all the lyrics worked 90 out. 90 seconds mu- to midnight. That's right. We yes. got part of the lyrics worked out. We've got the uh, the music. It was pretty yeah. pretty intense. It's like a midnight train to Georgia. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 90 seconds to midnight. Anyway, what is this about? Here's what it's about. Again, this it says, the article says, Earth is closer to a catastrophic global demise than ever before, with the famous doomsday clock of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists being at 90 seconds to midnight, thanks to a, the part... Uh, to Thanks in large part to the Russian-Ukrainian invasion, uh, this is the closest the clock has ever been to reaching the dreadful midnight. What is this clock? In case you don't know, they've had this around for a long time. I don't know what year the doomsday clock started, but there's a group of scientists who started what they call a doomsday clock for the destruction of the earth. Yeah. And they move the needle closer as they think, okay, we're getting closer. 
And now because of this, they've moved as close as ever. We're 90 seconds to midnight, you know, whatever, so to speak. And, and they're showing visually, hey, we're getting really close. Now, what struck me about this, Greg, and, and you say, what does this have to do with, with uh, anything? Well, well, last days, we believe the Lord's coming back soon. So, But these are unbelievers. This is not a group of believers that are saying 90 seconds till Christ comes back on some big clock that's monitoring whatever that's supposed to show a timetable. What this really struck me was, matter of fact, this is out of the Jerusalem Post. What struck me about this, Greg, is that even the world recognizes these aren't normal days something's going on and if the world is going to end we're getting that much closer this is not good so when the world starts recognizing everybody makes fun of the guy with the placard the sign that he wears judgment is coming doomsday is near the signs are everywhere Well, they make fun of the christians because again the bible teaches that you know you need to be ready so they make fun of it and they mock god and they mock the bible by doing that using the extreme if you will of the kind of person that's, that's sometimes extreme and, and sometimes not. They're just making fun yeah. of them. But either way. Do they have a correlation to anything biblically that is talked about prophetically in a, terms of, are, are they thinking doomsday is Armageddon? Or are they think is doomsday as we think about like at, at the end of the thousand year reign, uh, you know, when uh, Jesus finally destroys, you know, Satan and, and the, you know, he, he's locked up forever in the lake of fire and God consumes the earth and the heavens and makes a new earth and new heavens. I mean, that's kind of what I, when I think it's, it's over, it's all gone and we're doing something new. I'm thinking at the end of the thousand year reign. Right. Otherwise, the earth's still going to be here. Well, that's because you know the Bible. Right. But remember, they don't. I know, but I'm just wondering. What kind of... What, what is their what, context? Yeah, well, what's their context? I think their context, like, for example, Greg, I don't think they use the Bible whatsoever. These, there's no ever any biblical talk. Now, you'll hear the word Armageddon. Matter of fact, there's a movie out, Armageddon. I mean, Armageddon is used by the world all the time because Armageddon represents a worldwide dramatic catastrophe, okay? So they use it because they know the language because the Bible talks about it and it's spread worldwide, that terminology. However... And they may even use the word Armageddon when they talk about how close we are or whatever. I wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. But it's not the biblical Armageddon they're talking about. They're, they're using that, that word. Their definition is different than our definition, which is oftentimes true of the church and the world. Sometimes even within the church, the definitions can be different. But in their definition, it just means a worldwide destruction. In ours, it means the battle right before Jesus Christ comes back to rule and reign for a thousand years. So they may use that kind of terminology. But Greg, what they're saying is mankind is going to destroy himself with nuclear weapons or some other means, and the whole world is going to go up in flames. That's where they're coming from contextually. Right. Okay. Well, Satan's last revolt is at the end of that thousand-year reign and then the great white throne judgment. Uh, So, anyway. Right. Where all of our shows will get reviewed. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is from NBC News. Uh, The the data is showing, according to NBC News, that the U.S. has had at least 39 mass shootings in just 24 days so far this year. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think's behind all of this, too, well, let me give as couple, you look into this? Let me give a couple yeah. things. Uh, for, well, let me read it, and we'll talk a little bit about this. It says, a California, as California grappled with a mass shooting in Monterey Park over the weekend that left 11 people dead within 48 hours, another gunman went on a shooting spree in Half Moon Bay, just under 400 miles away, killing at least seven people. Within the short time span, four other mass shootings took place across the U.S., with the number of shootings nationwide so far this year already outpacing the number of calendar days. Now, let me just, first of all, let's address this from a political viewpoint, then let's get into the spiritual side of it. From a political viewpoint, uh, they recently, Greg, and I don't remember how long ago it's been, they defined a mass shooting as four people or more. So, So anything four or more is a mass shooting. Now, look, anybody being killed, whether they're stabbed, shot, 
uh, in a car wreck, doesn't matter. Anybody being killed is bad. Uh, unless it's um, some type of, of, of penalty for, for a, you know, a legal thing where they've killed someone else or whatever the case might be, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But it's bad otherwise. And so, um, but for those who are very, very anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment, there's a real political agenda when you see these articles. I've watched them over the years. And a lot of times, depending on where it's coming from, for example, this was NBC News. I guarantee you their goal is to make guns look bad. Their goal is to hurt the Second Amendment. It's not about really caring about people. And we could spend a whole show on how I could prove that's not the case. It's just more of a, hey, let's do away with guns, blah, blah, blah. And again, I think there's a spiritual aspect to that. Because if the enemy can remove the people's ability to defend themselves, they're just easier to overcome and conquer. Absolutely. Which fits right in line with the last days, what the Bible says will happen. Now, so... Is this bad? Of course it's horrible. It's horrible. I'm not lessening this at all. This is atrocious. Um, but again, you have to first recognize the way it will be used politically to push an agenda, which is sad. And then now let's go to the spiritual side of it. The spiritual side of it is the Bible says in the last days, violence will increase. It's absolutely going to increase. It's horrible. Do I like it? No, nobody does. But violence is going to get worse and worse and worse in the last days. You're going to see more, not only more shootings, you're going to see more stabbings. You're going to see more clubbings. It's interesting in UK when they outlawed handguns and those kind of things, then the knifings went up uh, hugely, yeah. percentagely, statistic, knifings, beatings. Look, mankind. It's the heart of man is the problem. Mankind is evil at heart. Without Christ, there's going to be killing. Yep. Cain and Abel, it began there. Uh, you know, you saw that Cain killed Abel. He didn't have a gun. Uh, he just killed him out in the field, probably had a rock or a club or something, killed him out in the field. So you're going to see man's going to do what man's going to do because he's evil. It doesn't matter. The, the instrument doesn't matter. Um, and so you're going to see more of that as we get into more and more violence in the last days. Now, the the the, the good part, uh, the bad part about weapons, everybody guns being out there is that bad guys will have the guns and do bad things. The good part about it is good guys can also have guns and can stop the bad guys. But if you take the law-abiding citizens gun away, those who are going to obey the law and those who are going to do the right thing, the criminals don't care. They're not going to turn their gun in. They're not going to turn their knife in. They're not going to turn their club in. They're going to say, great, let's get all these people without weapons. Now we can just kill them easier. We can take their money easier. We can harm them easier, rape them, whatever. So, you know, it's, it's this whole thing where I think Satan sends a deception by saying, yeah, look, guns are bad, clubs are bad, knives are bad. No, people are bad. People are bad. The Bible says that none, there's no none, uh, none good, no, not one. The heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And so when you have those that God puts in place, authorities such as police and others, and then those who have a, a right heart with God, and you give them an ability to defend themselves, now you're, you're able to beat evil back. But if you take that away, you can't beat evil back. Evil's going to move forward and take over. So the Bible says, again, in the last days, you're going to see more and more evil moving forward. And, Greg, sadly, we're going to see more and more, not just mass shootings, I predict. You're going to see probably more and more stabbings more and more beatings you're going to see more and more rape you're going to see murder of all kinds you're going to see more and more theft it's just what the bible says it's going to become like the days of noah and it's not going to be pretty yeah so well all right well more of that i'm sure as we move along uh, but it's time now to let you know that you are listening to signs of the times it's our weekly look at bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAM LP Knoxville. And later on is episode, I think it's 248, I think. I don't know. Did I write that down? Uh, yes, you I did. You keep up with that? Yeah, I, I, did, I did. I did. <laughs> I just, my, my RAM is limited, so I've got to remove things, clean, clean the memory out. God will provide the RAM. Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm always encouraged by you. <laughs> uh, episode two, 248. 
uh, later on. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys staying with us You've as we get into some listener mail. questions. The first one, Pastor Mark, comes from Jason, who enjoys Signs of the Times in Huntsville, Alabama. And his question is about the gift of prophecy. He says, Signs of the Times is obviously a show about seeing current world events through the lens of biblical prophecy. That's good to know. I, yes. I hope would hope so. Otherwise, I don't know what we're... Why are we here anyway? Uh, but I've heard and believe that the genuine New Testament gift of prophecy is not primarily about foretelling events yet to come, especially in the context of 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 through 5. The gift is more about edifying others with the truth of God. Can you speak a little about what the gift of prophecy is and isn't, and how it operates alongside of biblical prophecy. Yeah, what a great question, because, Greg, this gives time to sit back and kind of talk about the whole picture. So sure. I want to take a moment to okay. lay this out. It's a great question yep. here uh, that Jason sent us. So, Jason, thank you. You know, again, first of all, let's look at what the Bible says about prophets, and then we'll get into the gift of prophecy. Why did we have prophets in the Old Testament? Um, you got to remember, before Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Spirit was not given. Now, what that means is, did the Holy Spirit come upon people, and did, did God speak by the Holy Spirit? Very obviously, he came upon the prophets. He spoke through the prophets. We see the work of the Spirit throughout world history. But Jesus very clearly said that the Spirit would not be given for an indwelling, to live, to stay inside of us. We do see episodes where even the Spirit would, uh, in some cases, temporarily indwell someone in the Old Testament uh, to show them something or to have them, but then he would leave. He would stay upon them. Very different. Upon is very different than yes. in. There's, there's three different words used in the Bible about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he is in us, he's with us, and he's upon us. The word in in the New Testament is the word en, and it means indwelling. Uh, the word up, uh, 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 alongside or next to or with us yeah. is the word para. And then the word um, on is the word epi, epi, or upon. They, all, they have three very different functions. And a P was also shown in the Old Testament as well? Oh, yeah. Now, it's a different no, word. that's a different that's, word because no, that's Hebrew. But yeah, but it's the, the same, exact, same thing, exact thing, just different word yeah. translation because one's Hebrew, one's Greek. And so, and, and so, first of all, here's what the words mean, and then I'll talk about how it was used in the Old Testament. Uh, again, one is the indwelling, the E-N, the uh, alongside par. He's, he's with us. The Lord's always with us. Even before we're saved, he's drawing us to God, so he's with us. Yeah, convicting man. Right. Yeah. Then once you're saved, he comes in you. You're now indwelt. And now the word EPI in the New Testament to describe the work of the Spirit, that's where he comes upon, and he also comes upon in the Old Testament, just a different word because it's Hebrew. What is, they all have a different function. The indwelling is so that we now know we're saved, we're in Christ. The alongside is for help, and what we do as far as direction, and the uh, a P or the uh, on is for power. Every time you read about it, it's always for power. The Spirit came upon them, and they won the victory. The Spirit came upon them, and God spoke. You see that in the Old and the New Testament. In the New Testament, the Lord said, the Spirit will come upon you, and you'll receive power, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the outmost reaches of the world. We also see the same thing in the Old Testament, but the Old Testament didn't have all of those workings of the Spirit. Now, God was the same. But he couldn't work in man that way until Jesus died on the cross. You see, once Jesus died on the cross, his blood took our sin away. Now we can have the indwelling where the Spirit can live in us and stay there because we're, we're forgiven by the blood of Christ. Before we had the indwelling, which they didn't have in the Old Testament, um, that stayed permanently anyway, um, he couldn't come live in us because we were sinners. Okay, So in the Old Testament, 
he didn't even indwell permanently the prophets. He didn't indwell anybody permanently. He would come and then leave or whatever on just a few instances that we see. But for the most part, there wasn't even ever an entering of someone. It was mostly just he was with them. And he came upon them for power. So when you read the Old Testament, you see the Holy Spirit is with them, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And the Spirit came upon Samson. It came upon David. It came upon Elijah. You'll see that over and over and over. You get to the New Testament, and it talks about upon and with and in. The Spirit, you know, entered him, etc., and stayed there. You know, that indwelling because now the cross and the blood and forgiveness of sin. So he can indwell because of that. Now, we need that foundation to understand this question. Because now I move to phase two of that, and that is what about prophets today prophets and prophecy um in the old testament because the spirit did not indwell us we didn't always hear god's spirit we had the bible but man didn't always hear god's spirit the way that we do now as believers god speaks to us he convicts us he speaks to us straight to our heart in the old testament they didn't have that so they needed prophets to be spokesmen for god so god was i'm going to pick this guy elijah i'm going to come upon him not in him but upon him, and he's going to speak to the people what I have to say. So that's how the Holy Spirit spoke to the church, or we would say the believers in the Old Testament. He came upon the prophets. It was like an office, the office of a prophet, okay? That was the position of a prophet, okay? Position slash office of a prophet. And so you had those. They had to be there. Now and that was for the foretelling. That was for both. Foretelling for both and, and foretelling. Both. There's, both. there's okay. two things. There's a foretelling and a foretelling. We'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But both happened in the Old and New Testament and, st- and still do. So um, so anyway, the prophets would speak. They would foretell and foretell. They would foretell the Word of God. That means here's what God says. And they'd also predict the future, which is a foretelling. Okay? Forth and for. So um, that's how it worked in the Old Testament where you see the prophets doing that. So then, again, with the... When the New Testament came and Jesus knew he was going to die on the cross, they, God did away with the office of a prophet or the position of a prophet. Why? Number one, we don't need that anymore because now we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which they didn't have in the Old Testament. And number two, Jesus himself told us there are no more prophets. How do we know that? Not, not in the official office. There are those with the gift of prophecy. But the office of prophet, how do we know that? Jesus said the prophets were until John. Okay, so John the Baptist, Jesus himself tells us in the New Testament, was the last prophet to ever walk on the earth. That is the official position slash office of a prophet. That was it. So so what do we have now? Well, now what we have, you read the New Testament, Corinthians. It talks about the gift of prophecy, and it shows us that we have the gift that does foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling is simply proclaiming the word of God. Okay, you're reading it, you're proclaiming it. Uh, telling what prophecy says, foretelling is actually predicting the future. And the Bible says that still operates. We still have people with the gift of prophecy, according to Corinthians, that can tell the future. And we have others that simply proclaim the word of God. So, the, and, and again, where do we see that? Agabus, again, in, in, uh, in Acts chapter 21, Agabus is talking to Paul and warning him not to go to Jerusalem because mm. he gives him the symbol, he binds his hands and yes. says, you're going to be bound when you go to Jerusalem. He was foretelling. He foretold in advance what was going to happen to Paul. And Paul says, look, the, the Holy Spirit's telling me the same thing, Agabus. He's telling me the same thing, but I'm willing to die for the Lord. I'm going to go anyway. Yeah. I hear the Holy Spirit. I know, but that I, was a confirmation for yes, Paul. Yeah. That was a foretelling. Yeah. That wasn't a foretelling. It was a foretelling. Yeah. So, uh, again, so we see biblical examples of foretelling and foretelling in the New Testament. So, to sum up the answer to your question, Jason, we both have foretelling 
and forthtelling still today, but we do not have anyone in the position slash office of a prophet. People have the gift of prophecy, but they're not an official Old Testament prophet. So anybody today that says, I'm a prophet of God, my question would be, do you mean you have the gift of prophecy, or are you literally saying you're a prophet? Um, there, there, there may be some terminology that you could use the word prophet if they're applying it to the gift of prophecy. But if they're applying it to themselves like Elijah, you know, Samuel, um, mm-hmm. Elisha, then that's false because those don't exist anymore. Jesus himself said the last prophet, they were until John. And so we don't have prophets anymore, but we do have those who prophesy and those who foretell the word of God with the gift of prophecy. Now, we've covered prophets in detail, what scripture says about prophets uh, in an episode quite a while ago. And one of the things that we learned as we went through scripture and learned about the prophets is the fact that a, a prophet that was of God that was saying, thus saith the Lord, if they were a true prophet of God, they were 100% accurate. That's right, Deuteronomy 18. So my question for you, Pastor Mark, is when it comes to the gift of prophecy, and like in Agabus's case, you know, he's not forth-telling anything, you know, on a biblical proportion necessarily that that god is saying thus saith the lord type of thing right but he's 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 foretelling something about paul's future that he's obviously compelled by the spirit to to warn Paul about absolutely so would this would the same would the same validation or requirements be there that that in order for that to be of the Lord, that would have to be one hundred percent as well. Absolutely, if you're if you're saying that you're speaking for God, okay. here's the difference. It's one thing to say, "Look, I really feel like that God is showing me that you've got to have, you're going to have some trouble here uh, with your car when you get into town. There's something's going to go wrong. I really feel like God's saying that. Well, that's not you're not you're not saying thus saith the Lord. You're sharing. I got this weird sense in my spirit that something's going to go wrong. Just be careful. Okay, that may be God, it may not be. There's nothing wrong in that. That that you know that's okay. Fair I enough. appreciate yeah. the heads up. But if I said, like the prophets, here's what here's the difference, Greg, in a prophet and somebody with the gift of prophecy. The prophets, if you notice, they said, "Thus saith say the, the Lord. Lord." So what you're saying is, I am speaking for God Almighty. And if you say you're speaking for God Almighty, you better Almighty, be 100. Well, you have to be. <laughs> you have to be yeah. because if God God doesn't miss, God's yeah. not 99. percent He's not 99.99999 percent. God is 100 percent accurate. And Deuteronomy 18 says that if somebody's not 100 percent accurate, if they say thus saith the Lord, they're a false prophet. Now again, we don't have prophets today, but those that claim they are. Yeah. So I would say this: it's one thing to say, you know, if you see somebody prophesy, what it says now is, if you don't say thus saith the Lord, you know, you're not in danger. Sure. You're just you're, you're speaking what you think God is showing you, and the way we know that it's God is if it will come to pass 100% the way the person said. Okay. If it's not, it's not of God. You don't have to worry about it. But the person is not necessarily a false prophet. They just had a feeling that was wrong, etc. But it's when it's the classification of thus saith the Lord. That's when people get into trouble. Okay. All right, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Denny, who enjoys Signs of the Times in South Knoxville. A question about a potentially a new false prophet. She says, what do you know about Rabbi Yanuka Rav Shlomo Yehuda? I've heard he's making quite the stir in Jerusalem. He supposedly had the whole Torah memorized by age 15. He's young, but elder rabbis are kissing his hands and crowds flock around him wherever he goes. Where do you see him in relation to these end times? Yeah, again, another great question. Um, I don't see him as the Messiah or the Antichrist, and here's why. Jesus said in the last days there will be many who come in my in his name saying they're the Messiah. There's going to well, be many. Well, she's talking about being a false prophet. So like, you know, like the, the the what we're looking about like how we've always looked at Pope Francis potentially being right. or yeah. 
Yeah, no, thanks for clarifying. Sure. Maybe I shouldn't have jumped to that because the yeah. only question so far that I've had about him, and I've had several, okay. is, is he the false prophet or the Messiah? Oh. I've had several questions, so I assume that's where she was coming from, gotcha. so thank you for correcting sure. me. Um, if it's if somebody thinks false prophet or Messiah or, or, or false Messiah, the Antichrist, I would say no, because there's going to be many of them leading up to that, and then we'll know it's going to be a political, it, it'll be very well known to everybody when that happens. But yeah, false prophet, and look, it depends. Is this guy claiming to be somebody, or is he just... Are these people just doing this now? If he's allowing everyone to bow down to him, there's a problem. Okay, that's there's a pride issue going on. But if somebody's talking about you saying, "I think maybe you're a prophet, you're this," but you're not promoting that, well, that's not your fault. That's like you know, no, I'm not that. If he's denying it, but I don't think he's denying it. So I do think he's definitely receiving wrong adulation. Um, wh- who he thinks he is, or who they think he is. I know that some believe he's the Messiah, and there is that talk about him being the Messiah. Uh, they, they talk about him, you know, and, and some are, you know, kind of get excited about that in Israel as well as other places. Um, he should squelch that. He should say, look, I just learned the Torah. I just know the Torah. Guys, everybody back off. Quit kissing me and look at me. So, yes, I would say this guy's false because of the way he's responding to it um, by not denouncing it. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard to know. I don't know every detail about him, but he is getting yeah. a lot of attention. But I don't think he's, he's anything in the main scheme other than building up toward that false prophet and the Messiah and just another of many. Uh which which Herod was it during Paul's time? Was it Herod Antipas? Uh, no, which um, there were multiple Herods. Yeah, but the, what what Herod what, Agrippa, Herod Antipas? Okay, which one? Which, it, which episode was it, was it? Antipas, the one that was standing in the um in the auditorium or the outside uh, the auditorium? I think we were there. I I want to say we were there at Caesarea Philippi. Yes, and we when, were. When, when the crowds were saying the voice of a god, not of a man, it and was he re- and he received the adulation. Yes, and what happened to him? Remember what happened. Yeah, he was. He died and was a eaten nasty by worms. Accident. Well, what's interesting is it says he died and was eaten by worms. You know, if you just read that, you think it's something that happened instantly and he died. But historically, we know he did die by worms. The, his history tells yeah. us he was eaten on in the inside by worms. But Greg, get this, and this is hard to give the, the gory details. But it, it, this was he was declaring he was receiving adulation that he yes. was God. Yes, it took him two years. Two years. He had two years of these. Wow. Worms eating his inside until he finally died. What a painful death. You're not kidding. But listen, here's the bottom line. You don't take the name of God lightly. You better back off and repent. So if this guy's taking that name. That's what I was thinking. But but he's not. Be very careful. I don't think he's doing that out publicly going, I'm God at this point. But still, if he ever does that, I don't think the guy's going to last very long. Okay. Wow. Fair enough. Well, we love those questions. Keep them coming. Just visit thewaymedia.net or the Way Media app. Click on Signs of the Times and you'll see where you can ask your prophecy question and have Pastor Mark answer it on our next broadcast. All right, time for some high church. Time for some Catholic church. Time for Pope Francis, champion of all things for the world and not for the word of God. Pope Francis pushes back against laws criminalizing homosexuality. This according to ChristianHeadlines.com. Now you talk about walking a political and religious line, but the bottom Ooh. line is he's obviously wrong. Rope. He's No, he's obviously wrong. Uh, biblically, he's, he's in huge error. But again, for the world... Um, this is a, a good political tightrope walk he's doing, and, and you'll see why when I read this. He recently spoke out against laws criminalizing, notice that, here's the emphasis, criminalizing homosexuality, calling them unjust and asserting that God loves all children regardless of their sexual orientation. Let me just say this, God does love everyone regardless of everything, but God judges sin. So if you've got sin, God can love you, but you're still not going to get to heaven because your sin's got to be judged. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's fair to bring this up to make this distinction. Because the the world will tell you that we're all God's children, and that's not true. Yeah. We're all God's creation. Right. That is true. But to become God's kid, 
that's only going to happen through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. And that's the differentiator. That's right. When you're born again. When you're born again. And he goes on and says, being homosexual isn't a crime. Now, notice what he's doing, Greg. He's not coming out and saying homosexuality is okay. He's simply saying it's not a crime. So he's, he's, he's trying to please both sides of the, of, of the aisle, both crowds. There's no pleasing. That's what, yeah. Look, I didn't say homosexuality was wrong, but I also didn't say it was a, it was a crime. Uh, so, and it's true. It's not illegal in certain places. However, let me say this. It is a crime against God. It's a sin against God. So it depends on what definition he's using. He's using the world's definition because it's not a crime there in Italy. The Pope admitted that Catholic bishops in some parts of the world support the criminalization of homosexuality, but insisted that those bishops must recognize the worth of every human being. It has nothing to do with, with the worth, worth of, of a human, human being. being. It has to do with sin. But look how they twist words. and this just, It drives me crazy anyway. And I quote, these bishops have to have a process of conversion. Uh, Francis said, adding that they should utilize tenderness, please, as God has for each one of us. Of course we're to use a tenderness. Of course we're to use love. That goes without saying. But what he's doing is, again, in the world, Greg, he's trying to make both sides happy. I didn't say homosexuality was wrong. I didn't say that that because it's not a crime. But he's not coming out and saying, look, this is sin in God's eyes, and it is a crime against God, and he needs to make a stand. But he himself doesn't know God, so it's hard to do that. You know, and we can take this one step further for the Christian that is foretelling the Word of God right. and foretelling truth and foretelling these things that we're talking about, what the Bible says is sin or is not sin. That's where the church's role, that's where the Christian's role really ends. But the conviction or the conversion yeah. of someone to leave a sin or stop sinning or to repent and give their lives to jesus that is the sole work and responsibility of god's holy spirit that's the para that's the coming along coming alongside and convicting man of his need for jesus convicting man you want to know what i'm in a bad place i'm sinning against god i'm separated from god how can i get back with god how can i you know have that relationship that's the holy spirit's role i mean we can tell you all about it but the conviction inside where you make that change where you make that choice and that decision that's going to come through god's power yeah and and just to further illustrate how wrong the logic is greg if you use criminalization or crime as the as the standard of right before god or not well what if all of a sudden we legalize adultery in america uh what if we legalize murder in america what if we legalize you know relations with animals in america does that mean that now since it's not a crime that it's okay no, it's a crime against God. It's a sin against heaven. And God says you need to repent of that. And so the danger of this kind of statement yeah. is, is you're taking something and saying just because it's not that, that it must be this. No, you have to look in the light of God's word yeah. to know right and wrong. And, and they're somehow assigning the dignity of humanity or the dignity of man as a cloak or a covering Yeah, uh, to, that, that that makes things okay. You know, the only thing that makes us okay is the cloak and the covering of the blood of Jesus. That's right. We're not going to be judged by the standard of no. man. We're going to be judged by the Word of God. Yeah. Jesus said by everything that we say and by what the Word of God says, that's how we'll be judged one day. So the only reason that the Christian or the believer has hope is that the cross. Yeah. The blood has washed our sin away. So now we're not going to be judged based on all of our sins because they've been paid for. The only judgment we will face will be what reward we get or what reward we miss because we weren't faithful to God. Um, but again, it, again, it's man's standard. It reminds me of uh, the book of Judges. 
Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Yeah. And so when you start basing you, what you believe, uh, you know, from your opinion, then there's no real right and wrong. And, and you know, Greg, really, that's been hitting me even this last week. What's so wrong with America right now? We look at why is America so messed up in so many ways? We do not have a common standard of right and wrong across the country. Everybody has so many different viewpoints and there's so many different standards for some people. Uh, sex outside of marriage is fine. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's a good thing because it helps you know whether or not you it's want like to marry that. It's like a test run. Yeah. Yes. Whereas the Bible says it's sin against God. So here's the problem. You have all these different viewpoints. The only viewpoint that we can truly know right and wrong on is what God's word says. And back when America used God's word as the standard, yeah. you had a, well, you had, you had one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Why? Because it, we all understood the same principle. We agreed what right and wrong was generally. All right, maybe not 100%, but generally. Today, there is such a divergence of what is right and wrong. There's no way you can have uh, uh, laws and things that everybody agrees on or standards because we all are going to just have different viewpoints. And the problem is that's what dissolves a nation. We're going to fall apart because there's no unity. A house divided can't stand. What divides a house? Agreement, like-mindedness, everybody pulling together. It is impossible to get that today in America. The only way we would ever have that again is for a revival to come, America to turn back as a nation, back to God, and say, all right, what is the standard of right and wrong for America? Forget the rest of the world. What is our standard of right and wrong? And that, if that came from the Bible, you would see a nation thrive, be strong, unified, and be blessed of God. Yeah. But that's why we're not unified. That's why we're not thriving. That's why we're falling apart. And that's why we're not blessed of God, because we've gotten away from the only true measure of right and wrong, God and his word. Yeah. And, and the standards for things, you know, uh, the standards for dignity and, and respect and, uh, and all of the things that the world is now trying to redefine. Or define in their own ways. As a matter of fact, you know, the world has so lost their way uh, because we've gotten away from God's word that they people today don't even understand that they are a created being. Yeah. And when you lose sight of the fact that you were created, you have a purpose. There is a creator. There is a design. There is there is an order to things that God has put in place, then you create your own order or your own design, and you think, well, I don't want to be what God made me. So right. now I, I think I can be something else True. or someone else. And we're not talking about career path or anything like that. We're talking about to your very core. Yeah. And and so when, you, when you're devoid of that knowledge and that understanding, then you're left to your own devices to decide, what that is and now who is and what is the arbiter of truth that's right if it's not the word of god and that's again why we have as you illustrated pastor mark we've got so many versions of everything yeah you can't just walk into a place and say guys this is right and this is wrong because people don't agree on that anymore no so what do you do you just you collapse there's no there's no there's no standard no no not at all all right let's get to some good news this is from israel today muslim visions of jesus Light dawns on those dwelling in darkness. Tell us what this is all about. Well, this is kind of something we've been hearing for years, um, and that is how the Lord is going, Greg, to Muslims. uh, We would say behind enemy lines, so to speak. You can't preach the gospel in many of these countries. The Lord is literally going to them in visions and dreams, bringing them to Christ. And we've been watching this happen. We've talked about yeah. Yes, it's amazing. You can't stop the God. Look, if man can't go in, God will go in after him. He loves people. Um, The article says, have you ever had a dream of a shining divine figure? Well, it turns out that multitudes 
of Israeli Muslims, of Israel's Muslim neighbors in over a dozen Muslim countries have been having dreams and visions just like this. From Jordan all the way east to Iran and beyond and westward as well. Some estimate the number of such dreams in the millions over the last few decades. The dreams set the dreamer on a path toward discovering peace and faith in the Messiah from Nazareth. But how can one be confident that the dreams are supernatural, and we would say inaccurate, not just normal and random? In many Muslim families and communities, it is inconceivably shameful and blasphemous that anyone who grew up Muslim should become a believer in Yeshua or Jesus as the Messiah. Their response to this is heresy if it becomes known, and it can include uh, uh, ostracism, threats, and even death. Therefore, the fact that these new believers are so soon willing to risk death for their new faith indicates these are not just regular dreams. You know, look, mm-hmm. you may die for certain things, but you're not going to just go and die. Uh, even even seeing the fact that they kill themselves for, for Allah, you know, when they blow themselves up, but they're doing it for Allah. They're doing it because they believe that much in Allah. If you're willing to die for Jesus in an environment where they're willing to die for Allah or they'll put you to death, you don't just do that. You're, you're basically just committing suicide, not not because of what you, uh, like they do, thinking that their God's going to do this. You're doing it not just to uh, try to please your God. You're doing it to stand for your God. It's a whole different uh, thing going on. So these things are amazing, Greg. We're seeing believers, uh, people come to Christ in these Muslim countries who've never heard the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes people say, well, what do you do about the person that never hears the gospel? What do you do about, you know, we talk about the pygmy or this or whatever. Um, God says, I'll go to them. Yeah, I'll go to them. He goes by nature, and here he goes in person, and he's he's literally appearing to them. Yeah. And I hear these. I've been hearing these stories for years. It's really phenomenal. Could that also be a, another illustration of the role of the Holy Spirit in the para sense, coming alongside these people and convicting them of their need for Jesus? But he, God's also using the dreams to to draw their attention. Absolutely, it's it's that, and then doing it in the supernatural okay. way. Yeah, I mean he's he's drawing them in, Greg, and bringing them to himself, and. You know, the Holy Spirit loves mankind. God loves mankind, yeah. and he's going to reach mankind the way that he can. And I just love the fact that God loves us so much that he'll go do what needs to be done. If man won't do it, God will. He's relentless. And he even says in his word, you know, that he, he rebukes Israel at one point and says, because you didn't spread like the gospel. You didn't go to the world yeah. and say what. He said, that I'm going to go get them. I'll be their shepherd. Yeah. He talks about that in the Old Testament. And what's happening is... He's going to be their shepherd. He's chasing them down, saying, I love you. You're a part of my flock. I know your heart. I know you're going to receive me. Here I am. And they're responding to him. It's, it's amazing. That is amazing. It is. And uh, so that just goes to show you that even if you can't reach him, God can. And that's why your prayers, I think, also too, Pastor Mark, I think that's important to, to point out. You know, prayer is an important component to all of this. It is. It certainly is. And, and again, I, even when we do a show like this, Greg, you know, I know that we have people that don't know the Lord oftentimes yeah. that listen to the show. And we talk about God revealing himself and drawing them in. It may be that someone right now, as we're talking, is being drawn in. Yeah. And I just want to say, look, if the Lord is opening up your eyes right now, you're watching us today, you're listening for whatever the reason, and God is drawing you in, he's opening your eyes. Maybe it wasn't from a vision or a dream, but you're going, you know what? For God has opened my eyes. I know that Jesus is the Messiah, and there's something I need to do. I want to encourage you. Respond to that. The Bible says that God came to the earth as a man because he loves you, and he died for you on a cross. Only blood. The Bible says only blood and only the pure blood of God could take away the sins of man. It was the only way. So God came to the earth as a man, let his blood be spilled by being nailed to a cross and abused, died, rose again three days later so that anyone, anyone at all, who would believe that he died for their sins, 
That blood would be imputed to them to take their sin away. If they believe you rose from the dead, they will rise from the dead as well, and you will live forever in the kingdom of God with your sins forgiven. Respond to that if that's you today. Receive Jesus and turn to him because, again, uh, that is what the really the, the goal is, not just giving prophecy out there, but to see people come to God, yeah. the believers to be educated, yes, but for those of you that don't know the Lord, to give your life to Jesus Christ. I hope someone responds to that today. And if you do, call us here at Calvary Chapel. We'd love to help you get started in your walk with God. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Mark, thank you so much as always. Always. And folks, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can listen to past episodes, ask those prophecy questions, and read the articles that we discuss by visiting thewaymedia.net or downloading the WayMedia app. And we will see you next Friday right here at 1.30 as we enjoy more Signs of the Times on WIAM.